Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, everyone. It's the one and only Feed the Grill Economist, and we're with the one and only Harley Schlanger, who is from the, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the Schillerinstitute.com, the Schillerinstitute.com. The links are in the description box. CJ's working the airwaves, and with that all being said, Harley, let's get into it. Lots to cover. The Empire of Chaos is afoot. Lunacy is running rampant. Illogic madness is festering throughout much of the Western world. Where do you want to begin? Well, let's start with Tony Blinken's magical mystery tour. Oh yes, yes, I love him. He's one of the he's one of the luminaries of of Idiot Incorporated. Well, he spent a couple days in London for the G7 foreign ministers meeting, where Boris Johnson is. You know, you talk about stacking the court. He's trying to stack the G7 by bringing in Australia, India, Japan, which at this point is functioning as a, a British uh, uh, agent. And then um, adding South Korea, it's not quite clear what South Korea is going to do. But anyway, Blinken went over there, he met with uh, Dominic Rabb, who's the British foreign minister. And he talked about the enduring dynamic special relationship which is the core of American foreign policy. <laughs> I love the terminology. The enduring special, in other words, the do as I say, not as I do club. Yeah, exactly. And while he was saying that, Jake Sullivan was on the one of the shows on Sunday last week, I think this week, and he was asked, well, are you going to get China to cooperate on the Green New Deal, the Global Green New Deal? <laughs> And he said, well, we hope so, because the one thing that's clear is that we are going to be the energy superpower that dominates the world. Oh, yeah. The, so that was to be said or whether he slipped up and let it all out. But that's what he said. <laughs> Harley, I, I think they're also going to not only going to be the energy superpower that dominates the world, they're going to be the hub of manufacturing and, and banking and trade as well, Harley. I mean, the, we have such luminaries like Blinken and the, all the other idiots and the captains of industry that are going to make that happen for all of us. It's going to be amazing. Well, remember, Blinken is pretty much on a short leash held by Susan Rice, uh, Samantha Power, and in the back room somewhere is Madeline Halfbright. Ah, reign of the harlots. Reign of the harlots. These are all her people. And Blinken, after the meetings in London, and by the way, they had two 90-minute sessions of the foreign ministers, the first 90 minutes on China, the second 90 minutes on Russia. And essentially, it's how do you get these bad boys to, to accept the rules-based order? And I, I think there's a very important point by Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, who really is one of the adults in the room. 
Lavrov said, we in Russia concern ourselves with following international law, Correct. not rules, because the rules-based order, the rules are determined by the players who think they have the power to enforce them, Correct. as opposed to those who would uh, govern by principle. And I think that's a very important point, because we're seeing a fraying of this whole system. Now, one of the other examples, V, and I, I think this is important for people to get a sense of, is what's happening here in Germany, where the candidate that was chosen by the Greens is being praised by everyone. Oh, she's a psychopath. Her chancellor. Well, she was, she was asked, uh, the Greens are known in the past for being soft. And she said, no, the Christian Democrats, the CSU, the Social Democrats, they're soft on Russia. We've always been tough on Russia, especially about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Oh, yeah. So they're building up the Greens to bring them into the cabinet, uh, possibly to make her the chancellor. Now, what's interesting about that is that Germany is going through a moment of deep crisis over whether the auto sector is going to remain or not. Jesus it Christ, Don't don't tell me that. I'm, well, the, I'm, I'm a huge German car fan. Well, the captains of industry here are joining with the Japanese saying, look, a total electric car transportation system is impossible Correct. for two reasons. The materials that are needed for it do more damage to the earth and to the environment than what would be protected by getting off gasoline and fossil fuel. And secondly, there's no way to service it. There's no way to provide enough outlets to, to, if everyone's driving an electric car. And so the German uh, you know, Volkswagen was going to change its name to Volkswagen. And then there was a rebellion from the uh, stockholders. So they changed it back to Volkswagen. Uh, they're pulling back from saying they're going to compete with Tesla. But what's happening in Germany is that the credit is going to be cut off from any company that does not accept fully the zero carbon policy, the net zero policy. And this was now confirmed this, by Janet Yellen, this who insanity. said the agency in the Treasury to monitor credit policy of banks and to identify the bad players among the banks who still loan money to oil companies, coal companies, companies that produce aluminum, oh steel, concrete, because these are supposedly polluters. This is Atlas Shrugged. We're, we're living Atlas Shrugged, Harley. It, it, it's incredible. It, it, the way in the, in the realm of, of the way government is going after producers, government going after industries and businesses, people who have, you know, that have no business running a lemonade stand, telling automotive manufacturers who have such high-level you know, technological expertise on how they should conduct their business. It's insanity. And to touch base real quick, Harley, I just want to ins insert this, okay? Toyota has been making, and God bless the Japanese for this, The to Toyota has been making leaps and bounds in hydrogen technology. They just created a hydrogen engine, fuel cell engine, that sips hydrogen, gets incredible range, I think four, 500, 600-mile range. Uh, it's rapidly refueled, and it still has an engine note. That's number one. Porsche has made a, a, a unique discovery into synthetic fuel, okay, where synthetic fuel, which can be utilized, uh, and Porsche is owned by Volkswagen, of course, but um, 
you know, which can be utilized in in traditional gas stations. And this fuel, which with you know, the synthetic fuel, uh, can be you know, it's it's combustible. You can put it into a car's gas tank. You'll still have your you know horsepower and torque ratings and all that other stuff. But because people are starting to understand, look, people are like oh, we're gonna go after Tesla's a is a house of cards. It's a government subsidized welfare queen. That's all she is. That's what Tesla is. Look, I like Elon Musk. I think he's pretty cool. He's going to take advantage of, of whatever handout he's given to him. But Tesla is a business model. It doesn't make any money. It never formed. It, it never you know turned a profit. It's a joke. It's a joke. And and and, the, and every time he comes out and he goes into you know he goes before these stock or shareholders meetings or whatever, and he announces vaporware, Harley. Well, the yeah. Tesla Semi. Where the hell is the Semi? The Tesla Cybertruck. Where the hell is that? He announces we're going to go to Mars. And the stockholders and the yield-starved banks that are backing them in Wall Street work themselves up into a tizzy, a massive circle jerk over vaporware. And then, then the rest of the car manufacturing world, manufacturers like Dahmer, like uh, Dahmer Benz, BMW, Audi, Toyota, Volkswagen, right? They all look at them. Oh, we got we got to catch up with Tesla. Why? Because some greenies in the government in the United States and some greenies in Europe think this is a good idea. This is a model. This is unsustainable. It's going to collapse on its own. Electric cars do not work. Nobody in the last fifteen years, Harley, has ever figured out how to make money off an electric car. It's a boondoggle. Well, the way you make money off it is you subsidize the production. And you give tax abatements to people who buy the cars, and then you put a tax on everyone who's driving a fossil fuel car for every mile they drive, yep. which is what's what's coming next. Uh, Biden even uh, talked about that at a meeting last week with some of his top advisors. Uh, Buttigieg said, "When are we going to put out the uh, what? You you can have a hundred free miles a month or something like that." You know the. Look, the whole thing is skewed against working people. Of course. Because if you live in a place, if, in a city, you can't afford a house in the city or the immediate suburbs. You have to live far away. And now you're going to have high-priced gas, cars that, that are not going to get you anywhere unless you buy the most expensive ones. And you can't – I mean, it, it's really a destruction of the family. Yep. which is a, another aspect of what this whole Green New Deal is about. So, you know, I, I, I'm watching, I'm talking to some of these German automotive people, mostly people in the parts companies. They're saying that, that the auto industry is screwed in Germany. That's terrible, one man. Of the other problems that people haven't figured out is that these modern cars need enormous amount of, of silicon chips, other kinds of computer technologies, and there's a shortage of that right now. Huge, huge. Uh, my, my, I have a German vehicle. It has at least uh, 57 computers and has two batteries, one in the trunk and one uh, and one in the front. I have two batteries, Harley, just to power all the systems. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you just something else I, I discovered. My six-year-old son has his birthday coming up, and we tried to get a bike for him, a new bicycle. You can't get a bicycle in Germany right now. They're, all the bike stores are sold out because they're not getting new bicycles from China because of the some of the uh, uh, economic warfare and also just the uh, new requirements for reporting. 
on what's in the bike. You know, if you have aluminum, aluminum is on the, the bad list for the carbon people. So, so you know, this is an insane world. Now, to make it more insane, I was mentioning the at the beginning, Blinken's trip. Yes, yes. After he left London, he went to Ukraine. Now, oh, four days before he got to Ukraine, there were marches in Ukraine commemorating the Nazis from World War II, uh, specifically the, S, the Waffen-SS Galicia Division. Oh, my God. The, when the defense minister of Ukraine was confronted about this at, the, at a meeting in Vienna, he said, we have zero tolerance for neo-Nazi activity in Ukraine. And the Russian ambassador showed him a march where these guys were marching behind pictures of Waffen-SS officials from World War II. And he, of course, stormed out. So three days after this march, Blinken shows up in Kiev with none other than Victoria Nuland at his side. Remember, Nuland was the one of the uh, funders and on-the-ground supervisors of the February 2014 Jesus team. Christ, it's unbelievable. Well, here's something funny. The defense minister of Ukraine, when he greeted Blinken, said to Nuland, uh, I didn't recognize you without the bags of cookies you used to bring around. So they make, joke, they make a joke out of the fact that the number three person in the U.S. State Department paid $5 billion to neo-Nazis and Soros networks to carry out a coup in 2014. And now she's back. And what's her message? We're going to give you the arms you need to handle those pesky Russians. Oh, yeah. They're amazing arms. Amazing arms, indeed. You know, this is disgusting, Harley. You have Blinken, who's a Jew. You have Newland, who's a Jew. You have Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, who's a Jew. And they're in a country arming and, and fomenting and, 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 and encouraging neo-Nazis from Svoboda, from the Azov Brigades. These are all psychopaths who have the skewed view of history, who worship the Waffen-SS Galician Division. These people are nuts. They're psychos. Well, let, let me give you another one, because this is throughout the establishment now. You have this guy, Stephen Bryan. I don't know if you know him. He was the sidekick of Richard Pearl, the Prince of Darkness yes. <laughs> from Richard the old Pinac. The two of them were aides to Henry Jackson, the Democratic neocon senator from Washington. Yep. Bryan was exposed for leaking uh, classified documents to the Mossad back in the 1980s. Of course he was. Now, Brian had an article yesterday in the Asia Times, the case for restoring U.S. nukes in East Asia. And what he said is what all these military guys have been saying before the Senate Armed Services Committee, we're outgunned by China. Now, why are we outgunned? Well, because China is in Asia and we're not. And we don't have very many places to launch attacks from, to put troops in, whereas the Chinese uh, live there. They know what they're doing. So he said we have to get a full range of nuclear weapons, tactical and others, into yeah. South Korea, Japan, and he thinks that they're willing to accept it. 
Yep. And so this is a, this is another individual Harley with a with a humanities and a law degree with a, a useless pol- a, 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 another useless degree called political science. Who's all of a sudden a master military tactician that says we need more nukes in East China, East Asia. The insanity of it. And let's well, bring this into perspective. Here's another one that just gives you a sense of, of how our whole political class has lost it. A representative, Mike Waltz, is protesting the Afghan withdrawal. He's a Republican. Yeah. And he said the reason he's protesting it is Afghanistan is the where we have the only air base that borders China. People are sick. And so he said it makes no sense to give it away because we may need it in case of a military confrontation over Taiwan to open a second front on China's western. These, these people are assholes and idiots, Harley. Excuse the, the French here, but here, here's the deal. In the last year alone, in the, within the last year, just the last year, in 2020, while the world was shut down and, and reeling and, 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 and uh, the Western economies were bending over backwards and cracking, China built 90 warships and put them, put, the, put, them to the, put them to the sea. 90, okay? They have a Navy right now that is way larger than ours. Okay, number one. Number two, you know how many ships we have in the Pacific? The entire Pacific Rim. 20. We have yeah. 20 ships. And most of them are floating barges. In two minutes, most of them are sitting. The most of them are sitting targets. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. In any war in the South China Sea, the United States will be defeated in two point two seconds. Maybe two. Maybe two minutes at the most. Well, I think shooting gallery. The guy who ran the last war games between the U.S. and China last October. Yep. Said the question was not would we lose. The question is, are we losing faster today than we were last year? Exactly. One other guy worth quoting, Lieutenant General Ben Hodges, who's retired, former commander of U.S. Army in Europe. And he said, Russia's not going to stop their aggression until they are stopped. And he said, we don't have enough commitment to U.S. resources because the Europeans are not putting it up enough. If we put in more, maybe the Europeans will put in more. These guys are operating on a Cold War perspective with the idea that if worse comes to worse, we have nukes uh, as a deterrent. Nukes aren't a deterrent. If, if your forces are being destroyed on the ground, then nukes become your only option or else- And, and America is a country whose military is so pathetic, okay? They're, they're very efficient at blowing up mud huts in the middle of nowhere, right? In some third world backwater country. They have never, ever, ever faced a technological peer in over 75 years. They never even trained for a modern technological peer. In fact, all of the military training is about urban warfare and, and Middle East deployment and, and kinetic uh, short-term close-quarters combat and this, that, and the other. They're not trained for... They've, they've never been in a position, Harley, where their command and control systems are under sustained 24-7 assault using advanced hacking and computer and cyber warfare technologies that the world has not even seen yet. They're not, they're not ready for that. Okay, They're, they're not ready for any of it. This is a country that is so behind in hypersonics, so behind in nuclear technology, so behind in, in, in so many ways that we, we can't even field fifth-generation fighters. Now you're making their argument because they're saying that's why they need more than $750 billion in the defense budget. Right, because $750 wasn't enough. Admiral Charles Richard, who's the head of the U.S. Strategic Command. Another another political appointee and a hack. 
Yeah, he said there's a real possibility of nuclear conflict with Russia or China. Oh, yeah. And, and our said, Minuteman, and Harley, we have the amazing Minuteman missile, which, uh, you know, when they turn it on, sometimes it just, just diffuses and doesn't go anywhere. Well, listen, listen to this quote from him. He said, we have to shift from the assumption that nuclear employment is not possible to the knowledge that nuclear employment is a very real possibility. Now, I want to just come back to the financial system for a second, because there's, you know, there's something that, that really sticks out here when you talk about hypocrisy of the so-called rules-based order. There's constantly attack on China, saying that China doesn't have a free market system. Well, they don't. They, they have... Neither would do it. They have a mixed economy, but they are generating a lot of credit, both to private and to state sector companies, to build things but they're being attacked for competing unfairly. Now, meanwhile, what was presented by Biden's speech and by the aftermath of that? Subsidies for green technology, uh, while cutting off credit to the non-zero carbon-based energy and industry financial companies. And then also, uh, there's, we're subsidizing speculators with free money, yep. but nothing to produce anything. So, this is a rules-based order which says we can subsidize speculators, but China can't subsidize producers. And this is where you see how upside down the thinking is in our neoliberal Western system. At the same time, the military side of it is crazy. So we're going to have a, a, a conference tomorrow. I'd like to invite everyone who's watching this, listening to it, uh, at 9 a.m. Eastern time at the schillerinstitute.org, I'm sorry, .com. Uh, conferences, the moral collapse of the transatlantic world cries out for a new paradigm. We have speakers from all over the world. I'm going to be moderating the first panel. Uh, the last conference we had was quite extraordinary, where we had Russians, Chinese, Syrians, French, Italian speakers, uh, American speakers. We'll have more of the same this time. And one of the speeches that I think people will really find shocking will be the speech, which I've already seen the tape of Colonel Richard Black, the, the former head of the Army's Military Law Criminal Division at the mm -hmm. Pentagon, where Black says that our policy of sanctions against the Syrian people is barbaric and loathsome. He said, it makes him ashamed to be an American. He said, I spilled blood in our nation's wars. I'm a committed American patriot, but I cannot stomach what we're doing to the rest of the world in the name of humanitarianism. And he said in this, uh, he said he was an opponent of what Pompeo was doing. He said, Blinken, Biden, they're on the same course exactly of killing millions of children Yep. through sanctions that will starve them. Yep. So uh, I would encourage people to uh, log on. You can register in advance if you wish, or you can just watch it on Schiller Institute on, on YouTube. But it's going to be tomorrow morning, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, and there'll be two panels. Yeah. It's well worth looking into, folks. I mean, again, getting an understanding of how the world really works, moving beyond the propaganda, the veil, the the absolute BS of exceptional stand. There's America, and then there's exceptional stand, and those are two different countries, two different realities entirely. 
What else, Holly? V, until recently, most Americans didn't really know that much about what was being done in our name overseas. They have no and, clue. And over the last four years, at least some of that became clear. Yeah. But I think many people are still in a post-election hangover, depression, demoralization. The lockdown is driving everyone crazy. And you know, this is not the time to check out. This no, is this the time to check in. Check in, be sharp. Have your plans in place and be more alert than anything else. Absolutely. And recognize that you're not alone. And I don't only mean, only mean in the United States, because I think most Americans, if they knew what was being done in our name, most would oppose it. The, the, but I, I, I thought they were fighting for our freedom. And I yeah. thought the world hates us because of our freedom, Harley. We're, I, I think in terms of freedom and the Freedom Index, we are – Slightly ranked above Romania. I think we're like number 40-something on the list. Well, and what you should realize also is that there are other countries in the world that are ready to dump the Great Reset and the Green New Deal. Would love to work with the United States on that. Absolutely. But they're not going to submit to a Wall Street, City of London dictatorship. Correct. And that's why you have all this talk of war and rules-based order and all these kinds of things. Absolutely right. You know, the every when you have a fictitious, phony, baloney, speculative economy, like kind of like we have in, in Wall Street, kind of like we have in much of the West, fictitious paper, over leveraged assets, there's no mark to market, there's no price discovery, everything's baloney. They, I mean, we're living in an upside down world where companies that make no money are listed as blue chip companies on a stock exchange. We're living in a world, Harley, where social media companies that are worthless that produce nothing that do nothing have a higher valuation than exxon mobil that's the kind of world we're living in when you live in a world like that and you live in a world of where the where the printing press is running 24 7 with the central bank then everything that that country does okay militarily bureaucratically politically or whatnot it all becomes a wealth extraction scheme in order to feed the machine because somebody's being enriched these guys and all their rhetoric, we're going to put nukes here in East Asia. We're going to put nukes here. There. Folks, there's only one country that not only is it putting nukes in East Asia, not only are they putting, want to put nukes in Eastern Europe, not only do they want to do that, but they're holy. They want to open up more bioweapons labs in Africa. They want to put more bioweapons labs in Eastern Europe, right next to the border of, of Russia. These people are sick. They're doing all this thing because they need the chaos. Because you are living in a country where chaotic, demented psychopaths are ruling you, and they're driving you to insanity. They're breaking your economy because it benefits them, and they have no solution. So what is their solution? Because when they look at the desolate salt of the earth, I mean, the, 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 the burnt, scorched earth policy they've been running for the last several decades, Harley, when they look at that, they have no talent. They have nothing to contribute to the multipolar world anymore, Harley. The only thing they could do is, is to deindustrialize and say, hey, you know what? It's a Green New Deal. Let's go along with that. These people are crazy. They're the and definition they, of psychopaths. Be, behind all of this is their recognition that the system's about to blow I want to just read you an example of the latest Fed speak from Lael Brainerd, uh, who's a governor of the Federal Reserve and, and purported to be the likely replacement for Jerome Powell. Here's what she said two days ago. She said, vulnerabilities associated with elevated risk appetite are rising. 
The combination of stretched valuations with very high levels of corporate indebtedness bear watching because of the potential to amplify the effects of a repricing event. In other words, we have a goddamn bubble and it's about to blow. You know, there's vulnerabilities with elevated risk appetite. You know, they're giving, they're shoveling cash into the hands of uh, completely irresponsible people who convinced yeah. are convinced they'll be bailed out when the thing blows. Exactly. But, but when she says it bears watching because of the potential to amplify the effects of a repricing event, what is a repricing event? It's called a bubble popping. So this is what the Green New Deal and the Great Reset is about. How can they create a system where they can keep the flow of liquidity going to the speculators while pacifying the rest of the population with crumbs? Yep. It's, it's, folks, write this term down. I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it since 2012. It's, it's, it's a techno-neo-feudalism. It's a neo-feudalism. That's what you're waking up to. It's crazy. It's insane, Harley. Absolutely insane. Well, if you want to see some sanity, check up, check in on our uh, event tomorrow, uh, starting at 9 a.m. And uh, it should be quite interesting. And, and also, if you have questions for me or you want to be in touch with me, I'm always available at my personal email address, which is harleysch at gmail.com. Excellent. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the program. Harley, thank you for coming on board again. Check them out, LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, SchillerInstitute.com. Links are in the description box. Please make sure you sign up for the class tomorrow, 9 a.m., be there, be square. They're going to break down a lot of things. A lot of you all need to understand how, the, how, the, how this whole entire thing plays out. You need to hear from all sides. Go there, Schiller Institute, sign up, be there, or be square. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. Mm-hmm.